Well, hello and welcome back to Horror Hunt. I am one of your prestigious hosts, V. And I'm Meg. Welcome back, friends. Friends, Romans, countrymen. All the peoples. (laughs) All the above. (laughs) All of them. All of them. So, you know, we normally do a sort of like, story that's happened to us in like the past week for before we get into our topic yes mm-hmm. yeah i thought we maybe try something different <gasps> what i know shocking i've got ideas <laughs> i'm acting shocked even though i knew what was happening but yeah because i i wanted to put it past you first to see you know if you would be down for me to try this and basically, I'm going to give some highlights of what's been announced um, and sort of news that's happened in the horror world. Obviously, created to my idea of what I like. So <laughs> I if that. it's like I haven't mentioned, sorry, not sorry, but this is, you know, stuff that's interested me. <laughs> that's piqued V's interest. Okay, I yeah, love that. It's, it's, it's news that's piqued my interest. So I I normally share some stuff on our Instagram story when I come across some news. So yeah, if you aren't following us on there, V does a really good job. Thank with you. Our when I remember. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, I just wanted to share some news, and then we can get right into it. Yes, I'm down. I'm excited to hear what you have for me. Yeah. So. When we're recording, it is Saturday the 9th of July, so by the time this is posted, this might be quote-unquote old news, but it's news to me anyway. (laughs) So the first bit of news is there's going to be a Terrifier 2. So we're going to be seeing Art the Clown Yeah, and I heard that he is going to be in theatres, which I find kind of crazy because, I mean, just by the previous entries in this, All Hallows' Eve and Terrifier, they're they're pretty you know yeah <laughs> they're pretty rough for the everyday audience yeah but considering the films aren't the best aren't the clown is definitely one of the best indie horror characters i've seen the look to him is terrifying though that's why it's called mm. terrifier it. yeah you you know that i'm not a fan of these movies um yeah is he looks wise scary yes but uh, terrifier just was not my brand of horror so i know that a lot of people love him and like there's a lot of terrifier shit when you go to horror cons so like i completely get why um people are excited for terrifier meg just doesn't happen to be one of them (laughs) (laughs) is that supposed to come out this year um it doesn't say it just says that there is going to be a terrifier too but they're discussing it so at the moment it's being discussed but it most likely definitely will happen interesting wait 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 hold on does that mean that all of like everyone who's not into horror but like goes to see horror movies in the theater you know like the big blockbusters i wonder if he's gonna become like that bitch you know what i'm saying like if he's gonna become the new michael myers or pennywise or yeah well we'll have to see i mean he's definitely 
not not I wouldn't say an underground character, but probably people would probably say he's an underrated character for sure. So he could reach the levels of you know Pennywise, but he will never replace Pennywise because no, you You can't touch Stephen King. I'm sorry about it. No, (laughs) sorry, not sorry. (laughs) Okay. The next news is Alicia Silverstone will be joining the cast for the second season of America Horror Stories. Interesting. Okay, I started American Horror Stories and I got about halfway through the writer vampire storyline. Me too. This is normally how I watch American Horror Stories. I'll watch like the first three episodes and I'm like, oh, this ain't shit. And then I get to the point where like two years from now, oh, I have nothing to watch. Let me try that again. And then I'll restart it. And I'm like, damn, this was actually like really good. (laughs) Honestly, with the... um you know not the main series so like the american horror stories it took me a bit longer to get into them because the main series i enjoy a lot of them so it'll be interesting to see alicia silverstone play in a horror movie you know that will be very interesting um i haven't really consumed a lot of her art i've seen clueless which like gave me the ick because she's into her stepbrother but um they have taken people who are not thought of as like a horror actor and made something really good out of them like the part of american horror stories that i did see i was low-key in love with macaulay culkin like he was so good in that so i'm excited Mm -hmm. to see what she can do yeah it's just one of those things where you know actors from the 90s and their career dips off and then they get into the horror genre and then their career skyrockets again it's because the horror community treats the artist so well i feel like so Mm -hmm. yes um i'm excited for that actually because she is like stunningly beautiful Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, she is. She is. Okay. You've probably seen this bit of news, but the Duffer Brothers are creating a production company called Upside Down Productions, where they're going to be creating Stranger Things spinoff and doing a Death Note series, which is a I would say horror anime. Yeah. Um. I've seen. A chunk of Death Note. Val tried to get me into it. I'm not an anime person. I don't know why. I just never. I was always friends with like Weeboos in high school, but I was never in their realm, you know? And um, going to cons, obviously, like you see all the anime people. Um, but I was just never into it. But I actually really fucked with Death Note, at least what I watched of it, because it was kind of like dark um and Ryuk's fucking terrifying so I'm very interested to see how they're gonna do that because I know that the live action movie ate shit um everybody hated it so I'm interested to see what they're gonna do with a live action Death Note all I can hope for it is that the Duffers are actually fans of Death Note and you know does the source material justice because so many live action anime films have been created where it just ruins Avatar the Last Airbender. I know that's not technically anime, but had to throw that out there. But um <laughs> as we talked about in the Stranger Things 
episodes that we did, I feel like the Duffer brothers really immerse themselves in their work by writing about what they love. Um, So I really hope for Death Note fans out there that it will be amazing and wonderful and everything that you guys ever wanted. Um, I'm sure that I will hear about it from Val because Val loves Death Note. So it is interesting. I'm excited to see, though, what the Duffer Brothers are going to do. Me too. Me too. It'll be interesting to see what else they do with their production studio. I was going to say, what would you like to see them spin off of Stranger Things? Because me personally, I would love to have a Murray spinoff show about him and his conspiracies. I know everybody wants a Robin and Steve spinoff show, but I think Murray would be absolutely hilarious. Definitely. It could be interesting if they do a spinoff of when Dustin went to camp and met his lovely Susie. little girlfriend. Yeah, met Susie. That could be quite cute. Um, but yeah, definitely be interesting to see a bit more of Murray's backstory if they did a spin-off of his. Yes, because he's like a character. So <laughs> I would love to see that. All right, Duffer Brothers. Better step your pussy game up after the last volume though. So mm. we'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, speaking of that, before I get into the last bit of news. I, I sent you a TikTok. Um, basically, someone's found the casting list of Stranger Things season five. And from the sounds of it, it could potentially only be a two year jump. Interesting. So we're pro- it sounds like we're still going to be in the 80s. Hmm. Okay. Which, which, you know, I'm kind of mad about because I'd like to see how they would interpret the 90s, especially the early 90s. But, you know... Plus, I would have loved a bit more of a jump. Like, three years, maybe, could have been yeah. interesting. But two years doesn't feel enough, especially to match the, char- um, the actor's age up to the character's age. Look, the only times that they have let me down so far is in the last episode, I felt like, of the last volume. So I'm holding out that it's going to be everything that I want. So I guess we'll see. Yeah, we just got to have an open mind and not jump in with any conclusions we have because I feel yeah. like that's the only way to really enjoy media these days is don't have any presumptions of what's going to happen just go into it with mind blank yeah so don't ever think that you're going to start an episode of horror huns and it's going to be amazing because it could be an absolute train wreck we don't know <laughs> oh yeah oh could could be could be we could have an off day you know could be it happens to the best of us it does, it does. And my last bit of news, which is sad news, is on um, July 8th, sadly, James Can passed away at the age of 82. Yes, wow. Um, misery <laughs> yeah. is such a good and I feel like underrated Stephen King movie and book so yes um he was incredible in that and i will always 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 think of um elf when it comes to christmas and um so yeah that is very sad um that that has happened Hmm. yeah yeah it's just at the moment it just seems like there's so much back-to-back news with deaths because the day before um the japanese author and creator of uh the manga series of Yu-Gi-Oh passed away at age 60 
So at the moment, it's just literally news after news after news of death. I think there was another announcement of a death today. Tony Serco from The Sopranos. Yes, from The Sopranos. He plays Polly, and Polly is such yeah. a good fucking character. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Rest in peace, babies. I'm so sorry. Can we, like, not talk about sad things? It's making me <laughs> sad, dude. I know, but I think, you know, like the Oscars do at the end, of, like, at the Oscars. Oh, I think when memoriam. we do a wrap-up, yeah, when we do a wrap-up episode at the end of the year, we'll do a little to-be-remembered section of the horror actors we've lost just to respect their art and craft. But yeah, on a happier note, this is a game episode if you can yes. tell from our brand new intro that's created specially for our game episode yes big shout out um to sean allen who did our music um for you know the previous episodes and now this new music thank you sean um i'm excited to have you on as a guest man that's gonna be mm-hmm. fun um but yes it's a game day we're playing verses today um and this is I've, i'm super excited because the more i got to think about mummies versus zombies the more excited i got because they're kind of like the same in a way if you think about it they're both undead and they both can fuck some shit up so i'm excited to get into our verses today mm. me too me too like Stuart griffith once said same thing different shape bitch Absolutely. So we're going to get into three movies each. I got zombies. V got mummies. Um, So we're just going to be breaking them down and like at the end of it, try and conclude what do you think? Like who's the most powerful undead creature? It's going to be a difficult one because even though they're kind of similar, they're also very different as well so i'm excited to talk about it do you want to go first or do you want me to go first i mean considering mummies is first in the title i suppose i better go first i'm gonna start off strong come off at the bat with the ding 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 with the 1999 film called the mummy wow this cast sexy just a round of applause. Just, Slow oh. clap. Slow clap. So this is obviously why I wanted to pick <laughs> Mummies because this franchise was my childhood. Like the love I have for The Mummy, The Mummy Returns and Tomb of the Dragon Empire. I personally really, really think that this is a strong choice fee because I mean... We've talked about it briefly in another episode, but, like, I really fuck heavy with this first movie. Me too. (laughs) So, yeah, but this franchise is probably the most iconic mummy movies you can think of. When when you think of mummies, you think of their mummy. Yeah, I mean, like, you could also call it back to, like, the Universal Monster Mummy, but I'm not going to lie to you. Like, Brendan Fraser just pops up in my mind. When somebody's like, the mummy, I, I'm i like, yep, mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. the one. <laughs> mm, the mummy. 
it just it, it's just made a huge impact on my childhood your childhood and probably a lot of people's childhoods a lot of bisexual people's childhoods because <laughs> him and her when they linked up i was like yes mm-hmm. yes 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 evelyn and richard the chemistry Rachel um, Wise and Brandon Fraser gave to us on screen was just magnetic. Like, it definitely felt yeah. like they were fucking. Yeah. Oh, there is some sexual tension there. 100%. 100%. The special effects in this film is hit and miss. Yeah. Um, some of them were great. Some of them were a bit, you know, dodgy. But I think for 1999... They were good, you know. Yeah. And, I'll forgive um, them. Yeah. And, you know, no reboot of this film will ever break Brandon Fraser's portrayal of Richard. Unless they bring him back. Unless they bring back the original cast. I don't think that any remake of The Mummy is going to touch this. And I said it, I think, in the previous episode where we talked about The Mummy. The beetle crawling scene in that movie Mm -hmm. still shakes me to this day. It was just that whole segment of him getting punished, wrapped up in bandages, and then just getting the beetles thrown over him Mm. and just them all of a sudden just getting very erratic over him when they close the coffin. That is just... A horrific scene to watch and you know this is supposed to be kind of like a family film if you think yeah. about it it's not like the most horrified film out there it's like an action type movie yeah it's a it's an adventure film it's technically what it's, it's an action adventure fantasy film but we cast it as horror because of the elements in it i mean especially from the poster when you look at the poster you think oh this is a horror movie Wait, hold on. I gotta Google the poster now. Oh, yeah, that's freaky deaky, dude. Yeah, yeah. You look at it and you go, oh, why would I want to take my kids to see this? But then you actually watch it and there's a lot of comedy and uh, comedy and horror do go very hand in hand together. They do. And also, like, the mummy itself is very scary. If I saw that when I was younger, I would be petrified, dude. Mmm... I don't. <laughs> I think as a kid, it didn't give me nightmares, but I could totally understand why it would give kids nightmares because, yeah, the I mean, design like, of the mummies is just terrifying. I watched this movie when I was probably like five or so, so I didn't watch it when I was like a little little kid. But like, mm. I could see where parents would accidentally fuck up and show this to a kid that was probably a little bit too young to be watching it. I think I definitely watched it. Um maybe when I was six or seven, around the same age as you. Definitely not in my teen, like, early teens. Yeah, no, this was, like, a childhood movie that I watched. Mm-hmm. Same here, same here. And what's also stuck me me from this film is also Rachel Wise's character, Evelyn. Like, she's so smart, and she's got this charm about her, but also the eyebrows were so thin and i'm so glad we're past that trend of thin <laughs> eyebrows it is insane please never bring it back i can't oh, put yeah. my eyebrows through that ever again yeah no 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 that was a very solid choice like yeah i fuck heavy with that movie thank you thank you now let's your go <laughs> what's, okay what's your first pick out of the bat 
So I chose three, I feel like, totally different movies for totally different reasons. So the first movie that I want to talk about is Night of the Living Dead. I mean, I don't, I truly don't feel like you can talk about zombie movies without talking about Night of the Living Dead. And I know this is one of your favorites. It, it is, it's just a classic. It is what made us all get into zombies. Let's face it. And like, even though this isn't a, they, it didn't intend it to be a zombie movie, it has completely, I feel like, changed the horror genre in a whole. Like, not only the zombie genre, but just like cinema itself. Like, Romero, when they were writing this, they called them ghouls because it's based on I Am Legend. So those aren't necessarily zombies. And they never really thought of the reanimated corpses that were plaguing the main characters as zombies. Um, because before this film, it was made in 68, like, you thought of, like, Caribbean voodoo people as zombies. So Romero unintentionally, like, completely changed the image and definition of what a zombie could be today. It, even though, yeah, it's based off I Am Legend, this film definitely created the word zombie what it is now yeah it's def obviously it's evolved since then but it was definitely the first foray that audience had into this kind of creature because like you said reanimated corpses weren't considered zombies that's why we've got you know ancient egyptian mummies which are technically the same you've got reanimated the actual film called reanimated which technically isn't a zombie film because it's a reanimated corpse Frankenstein could technically be a zombie, but he's yeah. a reanimated corpse. So it was definitely, you know, the first film that created the word. Like zombie as what it is today. Mm-hmm. And um, this movie, like, <laughs> I feel like everyone has seen it, even if they aren't into horror, which I think is super awesome that it's made such an impact in, like, today's cinema. I was watching an interview with Judith O'Day. Like, they, she said that they improvised most of the script. Like, they had kind of a working script as to what was going to go on, but, like, most of the scene are improvised, which is, like, crazy to think that. And, like, also this movie had, like, some really good cinematography for the time that it was filmed. Just, I mean, even the cemetery scene is is stunning. And when all of the um, ghouls are walking across the field to get to the house, like that is like a brain sticker movie scene. I feel like like them all walking and they know that they're in danger because there's so many of them coming toward them. So I just I find it really, really fascinating that like this was made so long ago and people are so in love with it even now because yeah, because even when you watch it now, it doesn't look like it's that old of a movie. It just looks like it could be a modern day film with a black and white feature slapped on, like um, filter yeah. slapped on top of it. You know, it still holds up to this day, and that's why it's got such rewatchability even now in the twenty twenty two. Like compared to other zombie films that have been out there, like I, you know, I would happily rewatch this film compared to maybe I Am Legend, which is based off of, you know? Yeah, literally. And like, this is a movie where the audience didn't get a happy ending. Like, the good guy did not win, and not a lot of films in the 60s were doing that in that period of time. Um, so it went out and really broke a lot of stereotypes in 
that age of movie making. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's also the fact they had a black protagonist as well. When they wrote that, when uh, George Romero and John Russo wrote that, they were picturing a white man playing it. Like, they didn't ever think of a black man playing that role and then Dwayne Jones signed on and like it completely changed the movie because MLK had just been assassinated earlier in that year so when this came out it became a racial movie that had a racial situation that they didn't even intend on writing they just never changed the script which like why would you you know it doesn't change anything but it did for audiences. Yeah. It's the uh, underlying story as well. Like, it's amazing how changing the colour of the skin of the main character can impact the underlining, you know, words and actions of the white characters around, you know, the POC character. And... It, you know, for them, I wouldn't say it was brave for them to do that, like, you know, to cast a black actor because, you know, more black actors and more POC characters should be in leading roles. But for the time, they definitely, you know, took it was a, a big step. For them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it did so well in the box office. Would it have done so well if it was a white protagonist? We'll never know. But we're so happy that they went the route they did for sure yeah and i mean this movie has spawned i mean we talked about it in Shaun of the dead like this movie has spawned so many sequels from you know the king himself romero but like also a lot of other horror movies have gone on to pay honor to him and the work that he's done um with night of the living dead and all the others so i just i couldn't talk about zombies without talking about night of the living dead even though technically they're not really zombies but they are in our hearts but technically if you look anywhere online this is classed as the first proper zombie movie so great pick yeah romero just was like i mean it was like it it just happened but fun fact this is the only slow zombie movie on my list which is quite shocking to me because i feel like i normally like actually prefer watching those and romero (laughs) in an interview that i was watching he was like fast zombies are not zombies those are not zombies because, I mean, what would happen? They would just end up breaking their ankle because, you know, like they're de- decomposing. So even though Romero probably wouldn't classify my other two picks as zombie movies, this is my only slow one. So that was kind of a shocker to me. <laughs> but like you said, you couldn't talk about zombies without talking about it. So Absolutely. we've started off strong. We've started off strong. I feel like we both have. Yeah. Yeah. So... Are you ready for my next pick? Yes, 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 I am. So this isn't technically classed as a horror, but I don't give a fuck and Meg suggested it to me because I was you know really what? struggling. It's our podcast, baby. Mm-hmm. If we want to talk about something that's, I mean, not technically considered horror, which I think that this series is, it is a gateway drug. <laughs> fuck them, if anybody says differently. <laughs> and we don't get to talk about a lot of animated films or tv shows in this film right. so it's the perfect opportunity to talk about a scooby-doo movie 
<laughs> I fucking so love this... Scooby-Doo. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. So, this is the 2005 film Scooby-Doo in Where's My Mummy? So, this wasn't a Scooby-Doo film that I had watched as a kid. <gasps> wow, that's so shocking, dude. Literally, all I kept on repeat was Scooby-Doo Zombie Island. That's it. Okay, I'll give you <laughs> a pass. Which is fitting. <laughs> that's literally what was in repeat on my head because I loved it so much but I recently watched this this one and it it literally without even having to see it as a kid it brought me back to my childhood and watching the Scooby-Doo TV shows watching the Scooby-Doo films it just brought back the nostalgia for me yeah, when I was in a not so good headspace during 2020, um, I went, me and Val went through a phase. Yeah, shocker, <laughs> bad headspace in 2020. Um, we were watching Scooby Doo, and that's exactly how I felt. Like, yes, they aren't classed as horror because they're children's, but like these have horror elements. I mean. If you are a horror lover now, there's a good chance because Scooby-Doo has been going on so long that you watch Scooby-Doo. Most definitely. And obviously in the TV show, they've had zombie monsters, but this was, you know, the film where they literally focused on ancient Egypt and um, Velma's been um, helping um, renovate this Sphinx statue for the past six months. And they discover a a tomb, and obviously, when she discovers a tomb, the gang decides, um, without even knowing this, to go visit her because Scoob was missing Velma so much, or was he missing the Scooby snacks? That's so cute, though. I love it Scooby. <laughs> it was, but this this actually had kind of a good storyline to it for a kids film it had a good storyline and velma was so bad as in this film it's not even funny velma is truly that bitch i fuck heavy with velma truly truly it was just insane and obviously watching it now and you know in my head my head canon is Velma and Daphne are together I was just like everything Daphne and Velma said to each other I was like this is queer coded for sure (laughs) (laughs) so I haven't seen this since I was a kid the mummy it's just one right but like other things are happening or is it just the mummy terrorizing them so um obviously everything that's going on isn't real because, you know, everything in Scooby-Doo is just a person behind a mask. So basically, Velma is helping a prince renovate a sphinx statue and they come across um, the tomb of Cleopatra, who was the last um, Egypt emperor. Okay. We're going with emperor because women can also be emperors. We don't need yes. to add an S at the end. She was an emperor. Like Valkyrie in the new four movie is king. So, just putting that out there. But <laughs> yeah, so when they discover the tomb, the gang turn up, and also um, these tomb raiders basically turn up as well, these um, treasure thieves, um, and just basically take over the whole exploration of the tombs. And obviously, by the end of the film, it's discovered that Velma and the princess set up this plan to. Um, basically teach these tomb raiders a lesson 
and wear off any treasure hunters, tomb raiders that are looking to get treasure from um, ancient burial grounds because, you know, be respectful, you know, to history. I mean, yes, I love that. I'm so happy that you like this and that I recommended it to you. Um, I remember watching this pretty often when I was younger, and now it's just got me thinking about all of the Scooby-Doo movies that I want to rewatch now. <laughs> this is about to be a landslide. I'm like... <laughs> yeah. I will say the main villain, It's gi- the, her character design is giving me Lara Croft vibes. Her outfit is 100% based off Lara Croft, and it's like, is that supposed to be a dig? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Solid entry, V. Thank you. I mean, you did suggest it because I only had two at this point and I was like, dude. Like, I know I could talk about the original mummy, but that's not as exciting as about, you know, talking about more modernized takes on mummies, which, you know, me, I'm a very modern queen. I, I'm definitely not a kind of person like, I wish I was born in the wrong decade. I'm very happy with the decade I live in currently. Thank you. <laughs> the face I'm Are making right now. No. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, I will always, I think, favor older movies. I don't know why. So that's that's interesting because I think that that is why we have such a difference when it comes to like the horror that we watch because I would much prefer to watch older horror stuff and you wouldn't prefer to watch new. So interesting. Well, the next movie that I'm going to talk about is the most recent entry um, in the zombie flicks that I have chosen today. It is a little banger from 2016, Train to Busan. (laughs) We love an international horror movie. We really do. And like, I watched this pretty recently, I think like at the beginning of this year. And I remember Snapchatting you and Alice like the entire time. Like I was, this movie was a butthole clincher for sure like it had my heart rate up like jesus like oh my gosh i think this is why i'm so scared of watching fast zombie movies it just gives me such bad anxiety because i know i'm fucked if i'm in this movie okay i cannot run i have not ever done cardio it would not be good for me so watching this and knowing ooh, it's gonna fuck me up do you remember when I was snapping you about this, though? I think so. I think I I have recollection of when you were snapping with me. Then again, I my was... memory is very bad. <laughs> so I'm, like, <laughs> digging deep. I was sweating during this movie. Um, and, like, having the news break while on a train, I feel like absolutely amplifies the hysteria that comes when there is a zombie apocalypse. Like, remember when COVID first happened and like people were like scared to go to the grocery store and like scared to do all this stuff like imagine that but getting eaten and you're on a train where you were literally pretty much sitting on top of people it is it's a terrifying concept but also south korea just makes such good horror movies like especially zombie movies like they've made quite a few zombie movies that Mm -hmm. have been on netflix that are just so good they just know how to make horror that isn't like western films yeah it's unreal um you know that america is remaking this right 
Of course they are, like they did with The Ring and The Grudge and everything that's popular from Asia. They have to remake it when yeah. it's perfectly fine how it is from the original country it was comes from, you know? I literally was pretty much <laughs> screaming that same exact thing to Val. They're calling it Train to New York. And I'm just like, why oh, are we remaking that's disgusting. this? Just fucking watch the original. The original is so good. So if you're listening to this episode and you have not watched Train to Busan, you definitely should. This movie is an intense ride, not only like action wise and horror wise, but also emotionally. This movie has really good emotional undertones. And I feel like when America remakes international horror, it does not have the heart. It doesn't have the soul that the original country normally puts in it so will I watch it probably because I I would like to be proved wrong but I feel like you can't like you can't touch this movie this movie is so intense from the from the beginning I feel like you have this story with a father and a daughter and you can tell that the daughter does not want to be with the dad and the dad does not want to be with the daughter so you have this undercurrent throughout the movie where you're watching their relationship have to evolve so quickly and like a trust is needing to be built there that isn't always in their relationship from the beginning of the movie so you really see an evolution with these characters and the little girl sees what's happening in the very beginning at the station she sees someone getting attacked and I think that the beginning of zombie movies are so eerie in that way because, like, you know that something is happening that's not right, but you can't put your finger on it. And they are cut off pretty much from the rest of what's going on, mm-hmm. which is good because, you know, they can't get attacked. But <laughs> yeah, but it's also a fear I have about them, you know doing the america remake because i know they're gonna put a news broadcast in there for the characters to find out and i fucking am sick of that trope they don't need a news broadcast to tell them what's going on yeah they don't they can see it with their own two eyes which you see in the original train to busan um there is a passenger that turns and what's scary is how quickly these people turn in this movie too and let me just say if you got anxiety you might want to strap the fuck in for that one because the train station scene holy fuck made me sick like almost in every single way like the Mm -hmm. speed at which they're changing is fucking insane and how fast they move with the trains flipping over and everything it just oh my god Mm Mm-hmm. this film is just immaculate it's just so well done the acting is phenomenal in this and the ending is just heartbreaking yeah absolutely the end is so sad but i like something that this movie did it almost has where the zombies sleep when it's nighttime or when it's dark, they're kind of like in this trance. So when the train is going through these tunnels, they have an opportunity to get from one car to the next. And that is a very, very interesting concept when it comes to zombies because I can't really recall any other zombie movies where these creatures have an Achilles heel. 
no I can't either, especially nighttime, because from, uh, you know, a lot of the zombie movies, we see it, a lot of it takes place at night. Like, yeah, it takes place in the day, but it also carries into night. Whereas this, it gives you a sense of relief. Like, okay, they're going to be fine. When it gets dark, they're going to be fine. But during the day, keeps you on your tummy. (laughs) Yeah. It just keeps you on your toes all the time. And that's why I just love south korean horror movies so much yeah and this movie shows how people can change under pressure um you have like an unlikely hero in this movie which i absolutely love um also i'm kind of i'm not saying their names because i do not want to um disrespect for them in any way um and being an ignorant american i feel like i would disrespect saying these people's names but the dad and daughter in this movie let me just say i cried i am not a crier like uh it takes a lot for me to cry especially in a movie but just even in real life too like i don't really cry This movie literally made me weep at the end just because of their relationship. And the fact that the dad got bitten by that fucking asshole on the train was the icing on the cake. That is when I was like angry crying at that point. I was like, go, damn it. Because I knew I had it spoiled for me. So sorry if I just spoiled it for anybody. It's been out for a while. Yeah, (laughs) it really hurt me and I would love to think that the daughter went on to have a happy life with the women that she was with but like that that movie was rough for sure from start to end it was but it's just the fact that they have very two big name actors in this film you may not um recognize them but um Gongu Gongyu um who plays the dad um he plays in Squid Game yeah, I have not seen Squid Game. Which is, you know, obviously a massive um, phenomenal. And yes. um, a actor who goes by Don Lee um, when he does his American films. I don't like when people do that. It's like, don't change your given name for an American. Like, don't do that. Well, his name is, I'm going to do my very best with the pronunciation, um, Ma Dong Soko, um, also known as Don Lee. He has been in quite a few films, but the most notable is that he was in um, Marvel's Eternals. I also have not seen that. So, but, but they are two very big actors, which I was so surprised to see Don Lee in Train to Busan when I saw it. I was like, I recognize this dude. Where do I recognize it? And yeah, but this film is just phenomenal. Um, and you just need to watch it. You need to experience it. Don't wait for the American remake to come Please, out because God, it's going to no, be trash. Don't do it. Yeah, no, <laughs> it will be. It's just yeah, just watch the original. Please, they have. There are dubbed. subtitles. Yeah, they have there are dubbed, subtitles. There are dubs. <laughs> no, but you've got subtitles as well. Yeah, which, like you can do it. Just don't be. An uncultured swine. Yeah. <laughs> no, that, that's true. But yes, this is my second entry for zombies. I love the story that this tells, but also the fact that it made my heart, like, palpitate. 
because <laughs> it is so intense. So definitely recommend this one. Yes, yes. So my final pick is the 2014 film called The Pyramid. Ooh, okay. I did not get a chance to watch this movie prior, so I did look it up. The girly did a little Google search. Um, so I'm excited to hear what you think about it. It's on my watch list, but I yeah. saw that it did not get very good reviews. So I'm interested in mm. what you think about it. No, it, it didn't. And, you know, I can kind of see why. It's only got a 4.6 rating out of 10 on IMDb. But I thoroughly enjoyed it. I think I'm probably one of the few people that did enjoy this. Um, its description is an archaeologic team um, attempts to unlock the secrets of a lost pyramid only to find themselves hunted by an insidious creature. So this is a found footage film as well. Okay, see, here's my thing. When I see that a horror movie has a bad review, most of the time that means nothing to me and they typically end up being better movies. So interesting because I know that found footage is like that bitch right now. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I think why it gets such a bad rating is the visual effects. Like for 2014, the visual effects in this film are not it. Like it could be... 10 times better but if you put that aside i think you could enjoy it like the acting wasn't bad um and out of all three of my picks this is definitely the most horror-esque out of all of them um but i think the main reason why i enjoyed watching it was um because Dennis O'Hare is in this and I love anything he's in um and he is one of my favorite actors that has come out of American Horror Story especially him in um American Horror Story Hotel and I would love to see him do more horror projects but this film was a wild ride for sure um it definitely takes the um curse of mummies to the next level. Okay. How so? So, if you can com- if you compare it to um I would say probably the mummy pick. Um this is definitely more um I think a creature feature. Ooh, okay. Um like the creatures they have are like oh shit. Oh, okay. You know, I love a creature feature. <laughs> I I know, but bear in mind, like I said, visual effects aren't like the best. Which is kind of crazy because they had like a $6 million budget. And I feel like there are a lot of movies that have made less, that have had less budget that have pretty good effects in them. So that's kind of shocking. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, um, hmm. Yeah, but the you know I kind of want to forgive it because the same um director for this film um I'm just gonna call him Gregory because I will butcher <laughs> his name. He's only okay, technically done. He's only done two. He's only done made two films himself. One of them being the Pyramid, but he's been a producer for um, Piranha 3D and Cruel. 
and he was a screenwriter for The Hills Have Eyes, the 2006 oh. Hills Have Eyes. So I kind of forgive this film because I did thoroughly enjoy it. Like, I had seen bits about this, but I went into it like, you know, don't have any judgment about it sort of thing. And, you know, it, it it's one of those films that you, doesn't end with a happy ending. Hmm. Okay, well, thank you for warning me. That sounds actually really good. So I know what I'm going to be watching. <laughs> okay, so my last entry, I have talked about an iconic zombie movie. I talked about a truly scary zombie movie, but I'm going to be talking about a funny zombie movie. And no, I'm not talking about Shaun of the Dead, even though if we would have talked about Shaun of the Dead after this, I would have included Shaun of the Dead. But I'm going to be talking about Zombieland from 2009. I don't know how my brother got approval from my mom to let me go see this opening night, but I went to go see this opening night with my brother and his friend Cody. I will never forget that night. We're about to have a little story time. Um, after we went to go see this, we went to go see this at midnight. He took me out into the middle of the woods at an abandoned house that was, I guess, once in his family. Um, and then they proceeded to act like they were possessed. Well, we went into the house and my brother had like scratches on the back. He's like, oh, something's burning. So Cody shined a flashlight and was like, oh my God, you got scratches. And then my brother started acting like he was possessed and I was so fucking petrified. So this movie is like stuck, like forever burned into my fucking brain with that night. <laughs> what? What are you laughing at? <laughs> Why are brothers like this? Why? <laughs> Us as little sisters have just, like, evolved to deal with it. We have just so much trauma caused by our <laughs> older brothers. It's not even funny. And that's probably why we're doing this podcast and why we like horror yeah. so much. We've been traumatized by older brothers. <laughs> yeah. But yes, okay. I... This is such a memorable movie to me, and I have seen it several times. And I think that the reason why I like it so much is... Because of Columbus's commentary, like, I think that it works so well to have that as the backdrop for what is going on. It's just genius. And it's funny, too. Like, his rules, love him. I, I, you know me, I love comedy chorus. Like, that is a big love of mine. And this film, I crack up every time. Even the second one makes me giggle just for the pure fact that it's it's just dumb these films are just dumb yes and i love them so much same and like we in the beginning we see like the apocalypse portion begin like when it starts to take place like but most of this movie is set where the zombies have pretty much already won like america has wiped the fuck out um so i think that that's pretty interesting but i <laughs> the slow motion zombie stripper is absolutely unmatched like i <laughs> that is forever in my mind it's always the opening scene for me the opening scene when so you know he's going when he's going through the fundamental rules and it's just and he's got um is it kid of the week 
as well. Yes, yes. It's just, oh my God. Everything about this film is just so funny. Like, Tallahassee's obsession with finding a Twinkie. Calabas's obsession with his rules. Um, Little Rock and Wichita. Like, just the characters are just... And the actors in this movie, they have pretty big actors. They have Jesse Eisenberg, Woody Harrelson, Emma Stone, and Abigail Breslin. This cast together just works. And not even to mention Bill Murray. (gasps) His comment about Garfield always gets me. The audience, when I'm telling you, V, the audience went fucking wild when Bill Murray was on screen. I vividly remember that. This movie, I I absolutely love it. And I love Tallahassee and Columbus's interactions. Like, I don't think that this movie could be as strong as it is without the cast. No, I completely agree with you. There's just something about, like, all the actors' chemistry on screen. It just feels unnatural. Like, Woody Harrison as Tallahassee kind of you know, looking after these younger people and he kind of feels like a dad figure where he's just getting annoyed with everyone. Yes. It's just great. Uh, it's it's a road trip movie with, like, your annoying-ass family, but, like, zombie land version. And I feel like this movie balances horror and comedy so well because those zombies are pretty fucking scary. Um, I think that... The special effects, like, supervisor's name was Tony Gardner. They didn't give us super new zombies in this. Like, their aesthetic, it, it, it's a classic zombie aesthetic. But I personally like them, especially the clown. Like, that is a memorable zombie in this movie. But then again, with zombie films, you don't really need to reinvent the wheel with them. No, and that's, I appreciate that about him. And I appreciate, like, the level, it's going to sound weird, but, like, the level of decomposition that you see in this zombie film is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's just, there's so many scenes that will stick with you as well, like, when they're um in the supermarket and mm-hmm. Tallahassee demolishes a zombie with a, a banjo. Yes, absolutely. Just so good. So, so yeah, good. And- and I think it was definitely worth the wait for the second one, especially when they introduced um, Madison. I... I still have not seen it. Oh my god, I fuck with Madison so hard. Okay, I love her so much, and you know why? Because she's a bimbo. She is a bimbo, and I love myself a bimbo. I mean, that's amazing that she lasted that that long. That they kept a bimbo character. In a zombie universe that long. Love that. Oh, you, you, you need to watch it because, oh my god. Just for her character. If okay. anything else, just for her character. Alright, duly noted. But yeah, I I love Zombieland. I think that it is super, super funny. And like, definitely worth a watch if you have gone these, what, like 10 plus years without seeing it. Definitely check it out. I love Zombieland. Yeah, it's definitely a good pick. Definitely. Because when it came out, I think it was definitely in the height of zombie frenzy. Yeah. And it, even though it, it, it felt like, you know, it didn't reinvent the wheel, it felt, it stood out. It felt different. 
Yes, it didn't reinvent the wheel, but it was so, so good. They mastered everything that they needed to for a good, funny zombie movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so definitely a good pick. I have been thinking about it. And like, we're doing this versus and we're pitting them against each other. I like the fact that with mummies, you get an extra layer of like curses and lore. As with zombies, it's just like there's so many of them that it makes it hard to kill. Yeah, I think with mummies as well, um, because I, 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 I love myself history like i'm a big fan of like learning stuff about um ancient civilizations and stuff like that so mummies i think with that added extra of you know the curses and stuff like that but also the history of ancient egypt it just adds something more where you know i do love zombies but it's just such an oversaturated trope and that's the thing like it was hard for you to find mummy movies but i feel like it is such an untapped market like we do have some good mummy movies but like i'm waiting for one that's like almost like the descent but with mummies yeah most definitely i was um um you know researching and um the director for the mummy um when he was doing interviews he was saying that, you know, before The Mummy came out, um, mummies were looked at, you know, just a corpse covered in bandages that were just slow and weren't doing anything. Whereas mummies can be terrifying because they have got a curse on them. They can, you know, fuck shit up. Whereas, you know, zombies can but in a different way where they have to get really close to people, whereas, you know, mummies, if they've got a curse on them and they can use that curse as power, then, you know, there's an extra layer of, oh, fuck, I could be really fucked. Plus, you 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 have to go into a pyramid, into a tomb where it's a confined space. There's also that added layer of claustrophobia to it. Yeah, so that's why I think that it makes me think of the descent and I find the Egyptian culture when they are talking about, you know, like Anubis and they are very fascinated with death. So I feel like mummies could really really like hit you hard without even being near you, but I love a good zombie movie. Like it is so, so good. And, like, with Shaun of the Dead being one of my favorite movies ever, like, they do hold a special place in my heart, even though, as you said, they're super, it's an oversaturated market. I feel like when a good zombie movie comes out, everybody goes to see it because zombies are so scary. The thought that you could completely change just by somebody biting you or, you know, in some cases, like, scratching you. Fucking horrifying. And just to be lifeless walking around eating people. Ugh. Like, you know, cannibal movies really, like, shake something in me that just, it really makes my skin crawl and, like, scares me. So the extra layer of you're dead but not really dead is really freaking scary 
Yeah, it, and you know, with the, also the different takes on zombies, whereas there's only kind of really, you know, maybe one or two takes on mummies. There's so many takes on zombies that has just evolved, you know, what zombies are to this day. You know, talking about um, Romero's Night of the Living Dead to up to, you know, Zombieland. The difference of looking at the zombies in both those films, you can definitely tell there's been an evolution in the way people see these um, reanimated corpses. And a lot of Ramiro's work has just gone to just completely change the way that we look at movie making. But like zombie movies like Day of the Dead, Dawn of the Dead, all of those movies had such a cultural following just like the walking dead now there are so many people that enjoy zombie movies and you know zombie media like resident evil like i think there are so many different ways like i just watched mayhem technically like that gave me zombie vibes because it's a virus that can like get into you and make you not eat people i mean i guess you could eat people but like rage there's so many different ways that you can interpret a zombie that i find really really interesting but i personally i love zombies but i feel like mummies are such an untapped market somebody needs to make a fucking terrifying mummy movie and i feel like it will completely change the way that people view mummies because if you do them, you can do them right. Mm-hmm. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And there is a zombie movie that I just want to quickly mention because it's one of my favourite zombie comedies. And it's a Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse. <laughs> Val and I watched the intro to that the other day. I think it was like a TikTok or something. Yeah. So fucking good. It's so dumb, but I loved it so much and it's definitely one of those horror comedies that I you know recommend people watching it's like you know again not reinventing the wheel but it gives you zombie zombie land feels to it so mm-hmm. it's just so funny it's just yeah. so funny so it's hard I mean what do you think who, who do you think is like the the king or queen of the undead corpses i mean going with my head and logically because of the amount of films that have been created it will be zombies because there are so much media for zombies whereas zombie uh mummies have been you know kind of left in the dust but But i would love to see more mummy movies for sure because if you do them right they can be terrifying yeah i mean like which i'm kind of questioning how there haven't been more because I feel like this day and age horror is a lot like very occult heavy. I feel like it is, I've said it already, that it's an untapped market because you have this history, you have Egyptian lore that's like kind of their occult and mummies can fuck some shit up but I have to go with zombies I think for the same reason that you did there's just so much of them but somebody please write a good scary mummy movie mm-hmm. that's like changes the way that we see mummies please I'm begging yeah you. 
Yeah, and, you know, just make it a solely mummy movie. We don't need mummies to be lumped in with other creatures like Hotel Transylvania. Mummies need their own spotlight, you know? Yeah, they are not given enough credit in the horror community. But I'm interested for the next verses that we've already discussed, so... Yes. Uh, I'm already preparing for that one in my head. So if you're a regular listener, you know that we like to play games. Um, If there is a versus topics that you would like to see me and V talk about and like play a little debate game with, um, please hit us up on social media. Um, Me and V really like when people send us Instagram messages or like nice messages on Twitter. So thank you guys for listening. We do appreciate it that you enjoy listening to us ramble about horror stuff that's awesome yes we we definitely appreciate you guys you know sticking with us and enjoying our little slice of horror heaven um this has definitely been our passion project for for a while now we discussed it during lockdown and we finally pulled the trigger earlier this year and you know it is just our pride and joy like i am just so happy with the community we've built and i can't wait to see us grow more but yeah i mean if you want to join us on our socials and interact with us um i'm the main person that obviously um interacts with messages but i do show meg what is said uh, because you know it's just so nice to hear people's feedback especially when they even if it's you know criticism would like to help us improve we obviously want to keep doing this and we would love to hear from you guys so if you want to follow us on twitter we are horror huns pod or on instagram at horror huns podcast um yeah i mean next episode we're kind of hoping to um review nope when it comes out if not due to um me having issues finding show times over here in the UK um i think we may bump up our quarry episode yeah so we'll just have to see um i think that it is fucked up that you can't go see nope right now like that's so rude why do they do that you i, I am still like in shock and awe that you have not gotten to watch our flag means death because holy good fucking god it is so good Um, i know but this is the issue i have is um i haven't been able to watch black phone because the show times are too late and they're only showing one or two screenings um i've been trying to book tickets for why does the uk hate the horror community what the fuck I don't know. I'm trying to book tickets for Nope. They've got no screening times. And when I checked on a cinema's showing date, it says August. Whereas when I saw for Love and Thunder, um, it had a trailer for Nope and it said July 22nd. So I'm very confused. And I I just miss out. I'm, I'm on a lot of good horror media because it's delayed. And I can't watch it the same time as my co-host because we're in different time zones which is fucked up because when we want to review something and give it to you you know in a relatively good time frame we can't because of me and i'm so annoyed (laughs) hey there is plenty of horror to talk about so for a couple weeks delayed if you're upset with that you can eat a bag of dicks for all i care okay 
Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, <laughs> I really hope that you get to see Nope. Um, and as soon as you get to see it, we are, we are fucking talking about it. I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. Um, Me too. I am going to go see it on opening night, um, probably with uh, Val and Trevor. Um, so I'm very excited to see it. But yes, I digress. I'm so happy that we were able to play a new game. And thank you again, Sean, for our music. If you like our yes. new music, please let us know. Um, maybe we'll have some, you know, I don't know. I like to have little sound effects in here every now and then, but, um, (laughs) yeah, I don't even need sound effects. You can just, you can just do them. (laughs) V, do you have any final thoughts for today's episode? (laughs) Um, once again, PSA, be mindful with spoilers, especially when Nope comes out. Please do not be spoiling any twists, turns, or big plots for anyone as that is a very douche move you douchey bags <laughs> don't be that person <laughs> bye guys <laughs>